So I talk a lot about emotions, but how do you use them uh, in order to get more sales? That's what I'm covering this week on episode 19 of the Why How Yes Sales Podcast. Hey, salespeople, welcome to the Why, How, Yes sales podcast, where I help you get to the yes the right way. I'm Red Staffstrom, and I am here to help you fix your broken sales skills. Now, this is episode 19, and for the last 18 episodes, I've talked a lot about intelligence. I've talked about ways to relate to them, the ways that emotions is what you need to sell and not logic. It's not a feature to advantage benefit. I've walked through ways you could appeal to the emotions um, that you need to, the Fuji's, the fear of loss, urgency, greed, indifference, effect of Jones, suggestion of power. I've talked about it a lot. What I want to do is do one episode entirely today um, in based completely around emotional intelligence, how to improve your emotional intelligence, and how to actually use that when you are having a sales call. So first, let me explain why emotions are so important in sales. Um, the logical brain cannot make decisions. I'm going to say that again. The logical brain cannot make decisions. We are emotional creatures. And it kind of makes sense from an evolutionary standpoint. All creatures um, for thousands, millions of years, millions and millions of years, have the rept reptilian brain, the limbic system, the neocortex, the amygdala. These are the emotional centers. That has happened. Every creature, no matter, as long as they're a mammal or lizard or they're one of those higher intelligence not a plant or you know all animals we should say that have a brain have a brain that's focused on emotions and instincts that's again amygdala limbic system um, that's the core of every brain is that emotional nuggety center so if decisions were only made in the logical brain, in the neocortex, then it would be impossible for any animal to make any decisions because only human beings and some apes actually have that developed neocortex with logic where we can build tools and build societies and work cohabitively um, with everybody else. So without that emotional center, you cannot make decisions. Now, that was actually exemplified um, back in the 80s. Antonio Damasio, and I apologize if I mispronounce that, um, brought up a study in his book, Descartes' Error. Um, and the study, and I shouldn't say study, it's a patient. And the patient has been named Elliot with quotes. Um, and Elliot had a benign tumor in his brain on the orbitofrontal cortex. Now, I don't expect you to know what the orbitofrontal cortex is off the top of your head, but simply put, that is the highway in between the emotional and the rational brain. 
Now, when Elliot had part of his brain removed from the tumor, this is the part that was affected. And it made it so that his emotional brain and his logical brain could no longer communicate effectively. While all the logic tests that they gave him, he passed, and all the emotional tests they gave him, he passed, the problem was the two brains were not connecting. And it made it so he was he was unable to make any competent decisions. And that's because of the way human beings are wired. What we do is we make an emotional decision and then we use logic and we use facts to build that up. So without speaking to the emotional center of the brain, we are unable to make the right decisions. And Elliot was eventually fired from his job. I believe he was a financial analyst, if I remember the study, because he kept making the wrong decisions because his two brains were not talking to each other. So without actually working and without actually speaking to the emotional side, your customer is unable to pull the trigger. If you're setting up the wrong signals and you are giving them the wrong emotions and you're making things seem more dangerous and more like risky than they need to be, um, you're not going to get the deal. Uh, by simply speaking to one brain, which is the old school feature advantage benefits, this car has high intensity discharge lighting. That means you can see better at night and it can save your life from when that deer runs in front of you. Yeah, it, it kind of works, but the only reason that works is because at the end you bring in the emotion of it because you're talking about how it can save their life. But simply saying, you can see more of the road, yay. You know, I, I don't care everything that's on the road. I care what's in front of me because my card cannot move sideways. So what you really need to know and you need to understand when it comes to emotions is what are they? And one of the greatest tools out there, uh, and there are a number of great books, is actually being able to label the emotions that your customers are feeling. Now, labeling is discussed in a number of different places. I think the two best books that I found about labeling, um, one is I Hear You by Michael Sorensen, and that really covers completely how to label emotions. Um, when you hear something, hey, I can it sounds like you're feeling blank. Um, sounds like you're hesitant about blank. Um, and actually saying what the emotion is, giving it a name, allowing it to be the right thing, that's really what Sorensen's book is all about. What I would also recommend is Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Now, the great thing about that book, while it is not entirely about labeling and understanding emotions, it helps you put labeling into the overall sale and the way that you need to break it down and put it together. Um, there's a, there's a lot of really good chapters on labeling and it walks through how to do it in a very precise way in very high stakes environments. But overall, it just lets you know where do you put labeling in your sales process. And then the Sorensen book, I Hear You, and it's a pretty quick read. Um, I listened to it on Audible. I think it's like three and a half or four hours. I mean, for most business books, that's pretty quick. Um, in terms of books, books, that's probably only about 25,000 wor uh, words. So that's it's a really quick read. But it's going to help you understand and relate to people so much better. Without that level of empathy, without 
being able to label the emotions that they are going through, it's going to be much more difficult to relate to them. Now, obviously empathy is all well and good, but the only way to get there is to understand what emotions come up, what emotions really feel like. Have you ever spoken to somebody and they say like, oh, you gotta be really frustrated by that? Or, wow, that's gotta be really frustrating. That little inflection lets you know that that person has been through that emotion. And without understanding the emotions and what they really do to you on a physiological level, it's tougher to relate. Now, you can have that telemarketer voice, that must be really frustrating. But it's not going to work, even if you label the emotion correctly. You need to have that emotional intelligence to have gone through that wall before and to actually understand it from a very integral, intrinsic standpoint. Um, you need to know what that feeling is and not through secondhand knowledge. Now, I'm going to suggest something to you that not a lot of business podcasts do. I want you to read more fiction. Not nonfiction, not business books. Um, I could suggest those until I'm blue in the face. I recommend reading fiction. And there's a very simple reason for that. In fiction, what generally happens is these characters are put in these extreme conditions. Um, the end of the world kinds of scenarios in some. Um, emotionally devastating like romances or deaths or... These are high, high-stakes environments, and what reading fiction does is it helps you empathize. It helps you understand the emotions that these characters are going through in order to, like, it's almost a simulation, a, a feelings simulator, so that you don't have to go through the death of your mother, let's just say, in order to feel what it would be like. You can kind of grasp what that would be, and it helps you relate to people when they're going through good times and bad times, because you know what that internal monologue is. And all fiction writers are very good, whether it's an internal monologue or allowing you to guess at it. Either one is fine, but by understanding the modus operandi of those characters, you're going to understand the emotions they're going through and be able to name them that much better. Without doing that, you're never going to relate to people. Um, you need to know deep down what they're experiencing. What does that, that, that anger, what does it really feel like when you're angry and under stress, how your shoulders tighten up and your jaw clenches? Um, when you're sad, how your face kind of droops? Um, I mean, you can go through and name any of the emotions you want, and as I name them, you'll probably feel that, like, physiological change. You'll feel the way that it affects your body language. You'll feel the way that it tightens up your insides or relaxes your insides accordingly. And by knowing that, by knowing that emotions, how they infect you, then you're able to mimic those. It's like, so that you're able to not only label, but you can show them that you're somewhat experiencing the same thing that they are. It's like, wow, you could say, wow, that's really got to hurt. And you can wince a little bit like I just did. Um, I always think of when you, the idea is 
you need to be empathetic, but that doesn't mean that you need to think that they are right. Um, Chris Voss walks through it very, very well. By when in his book he spent years as a top hostage negotiator and he talked a lot about how it is now he doesn't agree with the people at the other side of the table whether they're the hostage takers or the terrorists or whatever they need to be he doesn't agree with what they're doing but it's his job to understand and empathize empath I've said it like eight times and I can't say it again. So, um, but his job is to relate to them and label what they're going through and then make them know that you're on their side. Make sure that you're not only reading nonfiction books, that you're not only reading the Patrick Lencioni's and the Chris Vosses and the Simon Sinek's and make sure you're reading the Stephen King's. Make sure you're reading the Agatha Christie's. Read fiction um, so that you can understand how human beings think and how they respond to difficult situations. That's really the best tool I can give you to increase emotional intelligence. It's by reading fiction, you're putting yourself in these dire circumstances um, and thinking about what you would do in those scenarios. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, all you salespeople, I hope this helps. I hope you start being constant, not only increasing your intelligence and what you know, but increasing your emotional intelligence and being able to relate and empathize with others. Um, once again, this has been episode 19 of the Why How Yes Sales Podcast. Be sure to like, be sure to subscribe. Um, please review the podcast. It really helps the channel out. Um, once again, I am Red Staffstrom, and I will see you next time where I will continue to help you fix your broken sales skills. The Why, How, Yes sales podcast is sponsored in part by Jared James Coaching for Real Estate Agents. If you're a real estate agent listening to this podcast, you probably understand how to sell. You know when you are across a dining room table from a potential customer, that listing is probably going to come your way. The issue is how do you structure your business in order to get to that, that dining room table more often. As a former top agent himself, Jared James has the tools to help you create the business that you want to own. They will help you put the systems in place where you can spend more time doing what really matters, which is creating sales. Go to jaredjamestoday.com and set up a time to have a consultation. And from there, they will be able to guide you towards running a business rather than just running around. The Why How Yes Sales Podcast is also sponsored by the Jarja Media CRM. Only 12% of all real estate leads are reached out to more than three times. This means that almost 90% of all agents are throwing away thousands of dollars worth of lead generation marketing every year simply by not keeping in touch with the prospects that they already paid for. With drip campaigns that are written by one of the nation's top coaching companies, you'll be able to automate keeping potential clients in front of you for well over a year. The Jarger Media CRM will make sure that you are not leaving any meat on the bone and that the leads you are already paying for are actually turning into customers. Schedule a demo online at jargermedia.com slash CRM.